talk about The Last Ronin, and I thought maybe I'd just do a quick episode on Fugitoid. Uh, and why not do a solo episode reading the Fugitoid comic? Uh, the Last Ronin, by the way, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story that came out in 2020, uh, just completed here recently. Myself and Alexis Hanna will be talking about that at some point. While the story is pretty self-contained, you do have to know some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle lore in order to appreciate all of what happens in there. One of the things that I didn't know much about, I've heard of it, but I didn't know much about, was a character called Fugitoid. F-U-G-I-T-O-I-D. Fugitoid. The appearance of Fugitoid in The Last Ronin is, it looks like a robot. Primarily it's a robot's head, uh, but uh, you learn that the character was a full robot at one point named Honeycut. And they really do not go into the background of who Honeycut is, who Fugitoid is, why they're one and the same person, why they're calling one Fugitoid and one Honeycut in another panel. So I did my due diligence to try and do some research, tried to figure out who this Fugitoid slash Honeycut is. And I've learned some things. So Honeycut's been around before the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Through some friends of the internet, I'm able to read Fugitoid number one. Let's go ahead and we'll experience it together real quick. And I, I just read the first chapter. I'm kind of going down through the chapters as we go. So here we go. It's another solo episode. Rock and roll. Fugitoid number one. So the cover of this, oh man, this is like some really very early Eastman Laird. But we have what appears to be like a, an android of some sort hiding in the woods while a group of soldiers look to be trying to find him. And the back cover has his... I don't know if this is a fold-out cover or the way this cover's set up, but he's trying to, like, hold off. I don't know if he's trying to hold off or hold back a large crab-looking creature in the woods. So I can't tell if he's aware of the crab creature there and he's trying to say, hey, stay back, or if the crab creature sneaking up on him is going to tear him in half. Who knows? Okay, so it says the toy was a character that we created in spring of 1983. It was the first time that we worked extensively together on a comic book story, and we had all kinds of ideas on how to publish it, including doing it as a poster comic, a quarter-folded one-sheet, making four regular-sized pages, which would open up to reveal the last page, which would be a 17-inch by 22-inch poster. From what they're saying here, the Fugitoid was sent out to try and possibly be backup stories to books, but they never found success with them. They basically created these comics, the Fugitoid comics, sent them out, said they had five chapters, six-page uh, six chapters, and were got rejection slips, basically was rejected, so they hung the Fugitoid on their wall to motivate them to do better and succeed. Then, of course, after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles became a success, they were able to publish Fugitoid. All right, so here we go. Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, co-creators, writers, and artists. Uh, Here we have Dr. Honeycutt. Looks like he's trying to get something called the MentaWave helmet to work. He's got this General Blank, a government representative. So this MentaWave is like a headset that goes on his head. Looks like a regular guy. He's just a regular balding professor type guy wearing a sweat. Looks to be a sweater. Turtleneck sweater. So the general is trying to get Honeycut to create something called the Transmat, which will instantly transport people. Transport materials vast distances. 
But of course, the government want to use it as a weapon. Meanwhile, he's been working on solo projects. He's been working on his own projects on the side, including this Menta Wave, which apparently can move things with thoughts, the force of his own mind. And he has this robot, which looks like the Fugitoid on the front cover, who's out doing some landscape work, gets caught in some wires, and Professor Honeycutt goes out there to talk to him. Uh, but he starts to realize that he can hear his robot's thoughts when he's wearing the Menta Wave. He's able to talk to the robot as well. So he's like, okay, well, what do you need? And the robot's like, well, I got my foot caught in some wires. Honeycutt says, let's get back to the house. I'll help you out. It looks like there's an electrical storm coming. And then at the end of the chapter, a bolt of lightning strikes him and the robot at the same time. And now we get to chapter two. His robot, by the way, is named Sal. Oh, well, Professor Honeycutt now realizes his consciousness is actually in the body of Sal. So he is now in the body of a robot. He's trapped in this metal body. Oh, here comes the government. General Blank, over here, sir. Oh, they found Honeycutt's body, and he is fried. He's dead. It's just nothing but a skeleton left over. Oh, man. Oh, the military think they have a rogue robot on their hands because Honeycutt is dead. And the military has found the robot. No matter how much he tries to say he's Honeycutt, they're shooting at him. They are out to kill this robot. They think that he killed Professor Honeycutt. Okay, at the end of Chapter 2, Honeycutt has jumped, found his way into the woods as they are still opening fire behind him. So he's looking for shelter in the woods. General Blank heads into the lab. Oh, he finds a... Omni Recordex, standard lab equipment for making records of ongoing experiments. Uh, he's figured it out. I guess it's shown exactly what was happening and the fact it recorded what, what Honeycutt said about him being in the metal body of the robot. Now he's like, oh, well, now I just need to have the robot create the transmap for me. Oh, boy. Oh, this is a little, uh, yeah. What fantastic luck. Now I can force the professor to create the ultimate weapon for me and no one will object. After all, robots have no rights. Yeesh. So General Blank has now gotten word to his squad that are hunting for the robot, not to destroy it, but to capture him. Let's get that toyed. So they must be... Oh yeah. As of now, Corporal, that rogue is classified as a fugitoid. Interesting. So Honeycutt can feel his servos. He says, I feel like I've strained every servo mechanism in these legs. So he's come across a lot of like a, a, a bunch of, uh, of these huge shells. And here it is. Here's that creature we saw on the cover. Uh, looks like a crab of some sort. Uh, and the fugitoid's looking up at him. He's pretty frightened. So it's interesting, uh, the idea that they had for this series and that letter that they were talking about with the fold-out of the issues. Like, every last page is a big splash. But that's what's supposed to happen. As you're reading it, I assume you're kind of unfolding it and reading it. And then when you get to the last page, it's one big fold out. Uh, interesting bit of, I guess, mechanics for a comic book. <laughs> All right, getting into chapter four. Now the squad has come upon these shelves. <laughs> Looks like they've decided to take a little bit of a break leaning up against one. Okay, so the squad leaves. The crab raises his shell up and there's fugitoid hanging out underneath the shell with the crab-like thing. He goes, are they gone? And the crab, it's like the aliens have left. We no longer sense their hostile thoughts. So I assume they're either speaking telepathically with fugitoid or vice versa. Maybe he still has the mental wave 
capabilities in this robot body? Let's find out. Okay, so they can, the crab people can read his mind. The crab creature tells Fugitoid he must go to the city of P-Black. And these crab creatures are pretty nice. They even shake his hand. Go in peace. General Blank's heading off to get reinforcements. He really wants that transmat to use as a weapon. Here we go. The transmat could even open a path to victory over the cursed Triceraton Republic. Now, the Triceratons are a villain that showed up definitely in the TMNT universe as well. So here they are, a villain in the Fugitoid universe. Because more and more, it's like this General Blank is a villain. I mean, listen to this. The Transmat could even open a path to victory over the cursed Triceraton Republic and open the path to power and glory for me. Yeah, there's our big splash page as he's, I guess... Using this hover car to float in on the city. We're getting into chapter five. Fugitoid has made his way into this junkyard on P Black. P Black. I guess this junkyard is shielding him from the sensors of Blank's scanning patrols, he says. Blank's still upset they can't find Fugitoid. So General Blank confides in his trusted aide what they need the Fugitoid for because he has the Transmat plans, or at least needs to finish the Transmat. Now it looks like we have some aliens of some sort who've captured the Fugitoid. Oh, these guys look... Alright, so they've snared Fugitoid. They've, they've caught him by the legs. Alright, so our first villain looks like a evil troll wearing Legion of Doom shoulder pads. This next guy looks like some type of amphibious creature. Maybe the head of like... Oh boy, I want to say that's an, like the head of an octopus almost but obviously anthropomorphic and has these webbed fingers. Absolutely pulling off this like amphibian, amphibious type lean to it. And then there's this dude, looks like a normal guy, except he's wearing what appears to be the headset from Ready Player One, maybe. <laughs> Imagine some guy with a beard who definitely looks like he could pass off as a Rambo type guy. Big gun with three barrels, but he has this helmet on with, I'm not kidding, you remember the old school bunny ears you would put on the back of your TV? That is on the front of this guy's head. Now, they were smart, and they didn't, like, put it upright, so, like, they look like bunny ears sticking up. They're actually sticking to the side. Uh, obviously, it's just supposed to be antennas, but I swear, that's the first thing I thought of. All right, Chapter 6. Fugitoid has been captured. It's in the back of a scrap robot transport. Feels like a little bit of a Star Wars feel here, almost. Yep. And they are taking Fugitoid up to auction. He's getting bid on. The human that won him has like a Geordi LaForge visor before Geordi LaForge was a thing. Oh, here is General Blank's aide, Lonay, meeting with what looks to be like a Triceraton. Oh, she's a drug addict. So the, she's giving this Triceraton government information in exchange for some drugs. Zamorine. She's reluctant to give them the information, but he's like, I'll kill you if you don't give me the information. So the Fugitoid is being walked to a ship by his owner, and he just takes his owner and throws his owner in the ship, takes off. And this Triceraton, I guess, made that drug potent enough to kill Lonay since she gave up the information of the Transmat. So I guess they're going to be going after the Fugitoid now. Everybody wants this Transmat. Fugitoid on the streets is now getting recognized by others out there because of General Blank's orders to find it. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
And then out of nowhere come the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was not expecting this. Yow, what's going to happen now? Find out in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 5 on sale October 1st. Interesting. Okay. So, what have we learned? Well, we learned that uh, Fugitoid was a man at one point and became trapped in a robot body. A man by the name of Professor Honeycutt. Doesn't seem like he has any powers, at least in this first issue, other than that of a robot. There's a bit of vagueness to whether he can still communicate mentally, like with the rock creatures that were in the forest. We did learn that Fugitoid was created in 1983. There was some confusion on my end as to what Honeycutt's actual first appearance was. So over on turtlepedia.fandom.com, I'm going to read this directly from the post. Gobbledygook was the inaugural publication for Mirage Studios released in 1984. Although it does not contain any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stories, it is the first appearance of Fugitoid and related characters and features an advertisement for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Because of this advertisement, many publications consider the magazine to be the Turtles' first appearance. However, Mirage has always maintained that TMNT number one is their actual first appearance. Nevertheless, legitimate copies of the book are highly sought after by TMNT collectors due to its historic status. That's interesting. Gobbledygook number one. I'd actually heard a similar story about The Walking Dead, where uh, people were selling the previews magazine on eBay for crazy prices because it was soliciting the first issue of The Walking Dead. So that was the first appearance of The Walking Dead. As far as the related characters part of that paragraph, the Triceratons were definitely a factor in this story. What comes later for Fugitoid? I didn't get everything listed down here, but I wanted to bring up some interesting facts about Fugitoid and his role in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles machine that caught fire in the late 80s. So he gets his first action figure in 1990, uh, he also has one in the uh, 2004 run of toys, along with 2009, 2015, and he even gets a NECA 2022 figure. But yeah, 1990 being the first action figure. The comics are probably too numerous to mention. On Comic Vine, I saw that Fugitoid had listed over 118 appearances. Uh, of course, we've got the original Mirage comics where... Fugitoid makes his first appearance there in issue number five. Looks like he also appears in the IDW series. And a couple quirky little notes here. Fugitoid made an appearance in first comics Grimjack number 26 in September of 1986. The cover of this comic actually mentioned the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> were appearing in that issue. So Fugitoid was apparently in the issue as well. Fugitoid apparently makes an appearance in... Robert Kirkman's Die, 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 number 14. This came out in 2021, and I'm going to read the... I'm going to read the pitch for the book <laughs> off of Comic Vine here. President Obama has to fight for his life and the fate of the planet Earth. Now, there are a ton, and I mean a ton of characters listed as appearing in this issue. My guess is that they did this as kind of like an homage to... 
Ali versus Superman, where a ton of people were drawn in a ringside. Some of the characters listed here just blow my mind. Like Adam Warlock's in this issue. Alf. Yeah, Alf. Alfred E. Newman of Mad Magazine. Batman's in this issue. Brack. Brack is in this issue. Gloop and Gleep. Gloop and Gleep. Thing 1 and Thing 2 are even in this issue. Savage Dragon shows up. I, I mean, I assume that they're all sitting around watching this fight, and that's what, <laughs> that is why they're getting at least credited on the page. I want to read that so bad. Fugitoid also shows up in some video games in 2004's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Battle Nexus, and 2005 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Mutant Nightmare, and 2009 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smash Up, which is a fighting game for the Wii and PlayStation 2. So Fugitoid is in those. And cartoons. I didn't see that he showed up in the original cartoon at all, but it does say that was in Season 2, Episode 1 of the 2003 series, episode titled Turtles in Space Part 1, The Fugitoid. Fugitoid was also in the 2012 series, showing up in Annihilation Earth Part 2, which is the second part of the Season 3 finale. And get this, Fugitoid was voiced by David Tennant of Doctor Who fame. So, wow, what a journey it's been. Uh, We got to... Talk Fugitoid. I learned a lot this episode. I hope you did too. So we'll go ahead and shut it down here. Make sure to check out Alexis Haina and myself discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin should be showing up here soon after this episode airs. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.